Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 223. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Every second of every day, your restaurant is talking to you. Between the chatter online, interacting with your POS system, or making transactions with your credit card processor, these are all opportunities to collect data, crucial data that can help you make the right decisions in your restaurant. To learn more, schedule a demo by going to resources.upserve.com slash restaurant unstoppable. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. We do it by taking the advice and listening to the mentorship of some of the most successful hospitality professionals out there. Today, I've got a special guest on the show. Her name is Kay Edwards, and she is the author of of a recently published book titled Hello and Every Little Thing That Matters. And it's a service book. It's a book on really just at the core of it, just uh, being a good person, decency, hospitality, and all the things that we do in the restaurant industry every day to provide good service, uh, some of the more obvious things and some of the uh, more subtle things, the, the things that we have, uh, you know, that we could be doing every day that maybe we're not doing every day. Maybe we are doing it, but there's just these little opportunities all the time to just go that extra mile and provide that outstanding service and to really show our guests we care. And that's that's kind of what I got from this book. That's what I took away from it when I was reading. And I mean, the author Kate, she does a great job of kind of diving into uh, the the you know the chemistry that's going on in the human mind and why it's so important to do the things that she recommends we do in this book. And um, today. We're just having a, a great conversation about uh, what I learned from this book, the big takeaways for me, and uh, why she wrote the book, and you know, just we're just having a great aerial view of uh, this awesome book that I've I loved reading, and that I'm sure you'll love reading too. So sit back and uh, enjoy this awesome conversation with author of Hello and Every Little Thing That Matters, Kate Edwards. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Kate Edwards. Kate, please, pretty please, tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. I am raring to go, Eric. (laughs) Yes. So throughout her 28 years in the service industry, Kate has learned firsthand how to manage high volume and high standards, as well as how to fix operations that were poorly managed or on their way out. With the mission to bring excellent service to patrons of the service industry, uh, Kate launched her full-service hospitality consulting business in 2007. Kate has contributed writings to both callintro.com and Restaurant Hospitality Magazine. For the past six years, she has been instructor at the Institute of Culinary Education, where her upbeat teaching style and love for public speaking have helped hundreds of future chefs navigate their own careers and create their own success stories. Today, we're here to talk about her book, Hello, and every little thing that matters. Kay, I'm so excited to learn more about you and to gather some of your advice. I've loved this book. 
I've just enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, I can't wait to dive in. But before we do, let's just get that inspirational, motivational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. Hit us. Well, there's one that I love from Maya Angelou, and it's something that I think really applies to our business in particularly. But the quote is, people will forget what you said. They will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Ooh, I like it, and I really see that being something that's that came up com- really common often in the book. Was just uh, it's it's about it's, it's so personal. This industry is so personal. At the end of the day, it's just those relationships that you build and how you make people feel, and just being decent, which is a word you use so many times, uh, which I haven't really heard reference to before with all my research and on what makes hospitality hospitality, but uh, just awesome. And um, I mean, what does that really say to you? Dive into that quote. Well, it's really about making a connection with somebody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can say all sorts of stuff, but it's, you know, how you show up in person with somebody that makes the difference and really makes an impression on them. And they on you. I mean, I know for myself, maybe the same with you. I've had many experiences where I remember the smallest moment with somebody in a grocery store or on the train or you know, that guy from college or just little things where they took, you know, they took my attention because of just the way they were, the way they um, interacted with me for even a brief moment. And that's what's so profound is that we have this incredible impact to touch people um, day to day, but also in our work life as well. And that's that's what I love about it all. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really love this industry, too, is because of that ability just to make people happy. It's just, it's our goal. It's our uh, it's our objective is to just create those awesome experiences and those incredible relationships. And I really see uh, a a lot of this coming out in your book. So let me ask you, it's a question you ask all of your, your, your students. And that is what is service? How would you define service? Service is a conversation. It's not just delivering a product. It's how you deliver the product that your customer wants. Mm -hmm. So it's um, engaging with them. It's finding out what their needs are and then delivering on that and then keeping your promise. Mm -hmm. But service also is everything around that. Service is an experience as well as a conversation. So it's, you know, how is it delivered? Where is it delivered? When is it delivered? Um, And what's what's the environment of that? Um, It's nothing that's isolated. Service is not on its own. It's a little handbag that gets stuffed with every little impression that you're making and creating for your guest. So there's just so many little bits that can fall into it. Yeah, and what I found really interesting is that to you, it seems like service and hospitality go hand in hand. It's one of the same. Whereas like when I went through hospitality training when I was in school, uh, hospitality was you know defined as you know uh, being genuine, warm, giving, caring. Uh, but then service was more like the more rigid side of the operation where it's like the proper way to bring a, a, a you know, a, a drink versus a plate of food or the proper, like all those little things that are like the motions, you know? And I didn't, I feel like your definition is different than that. I feel like your definition is way more intimate. That's my intention. Yeah. Because in taking care of all the um, active moments of service, you're still a person doing these actions. And that's what we tend to forget about. Well, you know, people complain about service that is robotic or uncaring, but what that is, is that somebody who's 
purely doing a motion, purely doing a technical skill and not allowing that hum- humanity to come out mm-hmm. and be part of part of the part of that moment. Um, I like to call all of the steps of service moments of service. Ooh, I like it. What happens in the moment? Yeah, there's all sorts of pieces. There's a technical part and there's a human part. There's the listening part. There's the uh, connection part. Awesome. And I have a, a little note here that I wrote down or I highlighted your words in the book and said, uh, service is about making an impact on other human beings and it's about making their life better. This is service and it is incredibly rewarding. And it is, I think, you know, just to be able to, to, to make people happy is just such a rewarding thing. And that's your objective every day. And do you want to reflect on those words that you shared in your book? Yeah. It's, um, that's exactly it. It's, it's, I just love the way you said it. It's incredibly rewarding. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it, people think of service and it can be, um, you know, a hard job. We deal with strangers every single day, Mm -hmm. but when you can, um, make a person smile or you feel that they relax around you or they feel better by coming into your business or interacting with you or your staff or your product, that just is a nice moment of, ah, we did it. You know, we got it right. Mm-hmm. And when you have a number of those moments in your service, it really is very satisfying. Absolutely. So it's really about making that impression and, and really believing in the fact that you can do something for someone else and in very simple ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I, one of the, the a big lesson that I learned from just reading your book is your uh, emphasis on, um, you know, satisfaction over perfection. And I feel like this is something I've experienced where, say, if a a guest sends back a dish, uh, we have this tendency of getting so worked up and so angry and just, grr, you know, but you uh, explain it so elegantly of how, you know, there's no such thing as a medium rare steak. What do you mean by there's no such thing (laughs) as a medium rare steak? Well, that came out of my um, teaching at the Institute of Culinary Education and really getting down to the nitty gritty with my culinary students and really saying to them much their shock and horror that there's no such thing as medium rare. And they were always like, but there is, you know, that's the holy grail in cooking school is to cook the perfect medium rare steak by feel, mm-hmm. you know, not with the temperature, but feeling, feeling the, you know, resistance of the, yep. the meat. And um, you have to sort of get away from the idea of perfection. Now there is the technical perfection. You still have to know how to do that, but you can't get so attached because there will be somebody for whom that steak is not perfect. It is too rare or it is too cooked, Mm -hmm. you know? So the point in having a product that you sell, especially in the restaurant business is it has to be satisfactory for the person who's buying it. It's not enough that it's perfect. If they don't like it, that's not enough. I mean, when I worked at Per Se, we had this nine-course tasting menu, and some people would be, you know, a little put off that it was so much food. What? What do you mean? We're giving you all this food. No, no, no. It's too much for me. I can't deal. So, you know, for those guests, you have to curtail it. You have to find out, well, what, you know, what's your time frame? What are you really interested in? And then they'll walk out happy. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, it's just like, I feel like uh, passionate people have such high standards for themselves. They have this picture of perfection, right? And to them, that's the goal is to get it to that picture, their personal picture of perfection out every time as consistently as possible. Uh, and when they know that they send something out that is, that meets their idea of perfection. So, uh, finally, so truly to have somebody say that it's not perfect, uh, 
it hurts, you know, and it, it's yeah. frustrating. But the what we have to remind ourselves, and this is what I learned from your book, is that our picture of perfection should be satisfied customers. Right. And satisfaction of our customers or from our customers is perfect. That's and that's right. what we need to tell ourselves. And that's what I pulled from your book. Um, do you want to dive into that any deeper? Well, it's exactly that, you know, that moment of understanding, okay, we've done our job, we've created what we have set out to create, we have fulfilled our expectations. But now, you know, we've got to look and see are the expectations of our customers of our guests, are they satisfied? And if that's a no, then we have to adjust. Mm -hmm. And that's all it is. It's an adjustment. So you you find that your steak is too, uh, too overcooked. Would you like me to make you another one? Yes, please. Okay, great. We'll do that. You know, um, so it's really just an adjusting of the expectation for that guest in front of you. You're never going to change your expectations. You're never going to um, set your bar lower. You're always going to keep your bar for your idea of perfection, your expectation, the same height, but you may have to adjust it for the various people that come your way. Mm, I love it. Awesome stuff. So um, another thing I loved uh, reading your book is how much emphasis you put on attitude um, and how, I mean, let's talk about a story from your book that really just jumped out to me. Uh, Tell the story about this woman when you were at Per Se who had her jaw uh, wired shut and talk from the beginning of what the whole event was and how you came across this woman and what you guys did to go that extra mile. And then let's talk about how attitude affected that situation. So take sure. it away and tell the story. Sure. So I was working in the private dining room per se. We had an event. It was a standing cocktail event with all these people. And what was always sort of fun about these sort of events is that you would have your cocktails, you would have the bar, you would have wonderful wines, but you would also have these wonderful little tiny hors d'oeuvres that were passed that very often were miniature versions of the signature dishes of Thomas Keller. Mm -hmm. So in a spoon, in a cup, on a beautiful little vessel, you'd be able to have this mouthful, this wonderful bite um, that really was emblematic of the per se experience. Mm -hmm. So one of the waiters came up to me and he said, you know, Kate, can I get some like fresh juice for this one guest? And I was like, yeah, fresh, like, what is she, what is she looking for? And he said, well, she told me her jaw is wired shut and she's, she can't really eat anything. So she was wondering if maybe we could get her some juice. And so I was like, whoa, we've never had somebody come through our doors with that predicament. So I went over to talk to her and she said, you know, I I just wish I could eat something. Everything looks so good. Mm -hmm. So I went in the kitchen and I was like, chef, we've got this lady with, uh, you know, her jaw's wired shut and she'd like to eat something. Could we, I don't know. She asked if we could puree some of the appetizers (laughs) and, you know, that's not really what we do, but you know, could you do something like that? And he jumped all over. He was oh, like, well, let's, let's find out, you know? So he just, he, he went and got some soups. He took some like singular items and um, did puree them, threw them in the Robocou and, you know, tried to make some interesting, you know, pureed versions of the food or, you know, versions of the ingredients so that she could have an experience. So she'd be part of, you know, this party and, you know, have a conversation about it with her colleagues. And so little, little by little, we were able to bring her, you know, these morsels, these little sips for, in her case, um, to her specifically and say, you know, this is what chef made for you. And of course she was blown away. Mm. And I have to say it was really fun, you know, being able to blow her mind in these little tiny ways. And, you know, I was thinking originally like, Oh, 
this is gonna be tough. <laughs> the chef is not gonna yeah, go for this. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was reading and I was like waiting for like the, the reaction of the chef. The and blow up. Yeah, and that's what really what stuck out about this story to me is it was his reaction. And I mean, how would you expect most chefs to react to that situation? Oh yeah, no way. That's not what we do. <laughs> yeah, right. But right. how did he react? His reaction was one of a challenge and one of wow, man, I get to do something. I get to break from the norm to really go that extra mile to yes. to really impress this person, to show this person, you know, some decency, which we'll talk more about later, and that we care. Um, yes. And that's what that's what that's what that's at the core of hospitality or service. And um, the one thing I want to point out is attitude. Um, and you know, do, do you want to speak about attitude and the, the significance of a positive attitude and the impact that can have on our team? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, first and foremost, and I say this to my students, I say this to anybody who will listen to me, frankly. Um, <laughs> but really your attitude affects you first. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a bad mood, you are, you are in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. Bummer, man. You're, you're not feeling good. Yeah. But what happens secondarily is that that affects the people around you. People around you either um, feel the bad mood, it permeates them. They're like, oh, man, yeah. Ugh. Or they feel helpless because they can't help. Mm -hmm. So it brings the energy down. But first and foremost, you need to feel better. You know, I want you to feel good. I want you to feel secure. I want you to feel um, like you have purpose. Mm -hmm. So when you sort of realize that, wait a second, my mood is really affecting me. And that's, that's affecting my, my outlook at this moment. And I can do something about that. It's empowering. And it's very, um, it's just a lot of self-love and self-care. And when you can do that, when you sort of get to um, a place where you can make yourself feel a little better, a little, a little like brighter outlook on things, then you can share it. Because if you don't have it to begin with, you can't share it. You've got nothing, nothing to give. Yeah. So absolutely. if you can sort of stoke the flame a little bit and feel, you know, feel better for yourself, then it's so much easier to go out there and, and give it. And very often you'll get it right back. Absolutely. And one thing that I think is totally just worth mentioning right now is that you get to choose your attitude. Every day you wake up, you get to choose your attitude. That's one of the hey. amazing things about being a human being. We're, we're not animals. We, we literally have that ability to say, I'm going to be happy today or I'm going to be angry today. And we can hit a switch. I, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. We can literally do that. Yeah. It's amazing. And right. if you can train yourself to have the attitude that when you see a problem or a challenge, to, to just hardwire into yourself that this isn't a problem. This is an opportunity to blow someone's sock off, you know, to blow someone's socks off, to do something that will be so rememberable. Like you know, problems are good things to have in this industry, yes. which is a huge lesson I've learned. Um, do you want to give some examples, uh, some other examples that you've experienced where there was a problem that was turned into a good thing? Well, I mean, it happens again and again. And, um, you know, the problem seems like, oh, no, run the opposite direction. But in mm -hmm. fact, when you get in there, um, it can create yet another moment that people didn't expect. Sometimes you don't expect it either. And that's what, as you said, that's what sort of makes it kind of fun, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're now we're solving a problem that's not the usual day-to-day -day thing here. Um, there's another story that I refer to in the book that I can share with you about uh, this couple that came into a restaurant where I was consulting and they were having this terrible breakup. And, oh, you I know, love that story. Yes. Yeah. Keep going. The, the woman was um, distraught. The man was very, you know, upset. And so he was shut down. 
Um, they're, you know, just the reverberations of the upset was all around their table. And it was a prominent table in the dining room. Mm-hmm. So there's people to their left. There's people to their right. There's people across from them. And, and I walked in the dining room and they all looked at me like, do something, please. <laughs> because they're all having a jolly time. And here's this, you know, it's like, you know, the train wreck. You can't keep your eyes off it. But you're trying to offer them some privacy. Everyone's been there. So I was like, oh, what do you do? You know, it's incredibly intimate. It's incredibly private. You know, how do I solve this? So I just went to the woman and I just, you know, sort of got a little lower. And I said, ma'am, I have a table in the lounge. If you'd like to move there, you might feel a little more private. Mm. So I tried to give her an option that that was considerate of her. And privacy, I would want privacy in that Mm -hmm. moment. She said, oh, my goodness, yes. So I got her relocated. The gentleman stayed. He paid the check. And then we brought champagne to everybody who was in that area. So we brought champagne to the couples on the side and to the couple watching. And um, we, I think we brought something, maybe champagne, to the, the poor breaking up couple. I don't know if it was champagne. I'm not sure. Maybe a box of Kleenex. But, um, you know, we turned it from, a, oh, my God, this is so awful, into... Oh, those poor people, right? Yeah. Those were, they just needed a little space. And oh my goodness, now we're back to normal, you know? But and um, the, it was just offering her something yeah. so she could save face. And at the core of what you did, I mean, let's get down to like just the core of what you did. What were you trying to do for this person at the, at the very essence of it? Well, I felt like she was being so vulnerable in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to help her preserve mm-hmm. her, you know, her sort of, I don't know, her decency or her, her sense of, uh, privacy. So that's why I focused on, you know, offering her another private place to be. I didn't want to say stop. I just wanted her to be able to experience what she's experiencing somewhere where she could feel, you know, a little more protected or safe. Yes. Kate, you cared. That's what, you know, you just, you simply cared. You you were there for this person. They were having a horrible time. And when people are, are just, you know, hurting, they just want to be cared for. And that's right. what you did for her. And by caring for her, you, you were on display. Everyone saw that you cared. And I mean, you made this really awkward, bad moment into this, this moment of wow, compassion and wow. Right. Like that this, you know, like, you know, as it was amazing that you flipped that situation. Cause I, I had that situation playing out in my head when I was reading and I was just thinking about how poorly it could have gone. Right. Um, but you chose to have an attitude of compassion of being right. there for somebody and caring about everyone, not just these people, but you know, I want to focus on helping these people. So now everyone can enjoy their day. I mean, right. there was just so much compassion there for not just this one woman, but everyone involved. Right. Awesome stuff. And that's the thing really just thinking of other people is such a powerful thing. Cause I, w- I was nervous for myself cause I didn't want them to say, would you leave us, give us a minute, you know, <laughs> yeah. they could have very easily done so, you know, yeah. I'm intruding. So I knew I had to, um, you know, be careful and um, make my message clear. I have a place that would be more private. Mm. And um, in doing so, I think that that was, you know, I, I put out my hand and she took my hand. Sort of the it. feeling of it. Yeah. I love it. And um, let's move on to a discussion around uh, satisfaction and decency or sorry, satisfaction and decent. Um, and, you know, when I was reading your book, you talk about how you're trying to help these restaurant owners, uh, you know, w- with their visioning, their mission and what they're trying to be. And they come up with words like, you know, outstanding and amazing and terrific or, you know, like yeah. all these words that are really hard 
to accomplish because they're unclear as to I mean, they have different definitions. I know you know what I'm talking about, so let yes. me allow you to take over uh, the point that I'm trying to make, which I know you can probably make so much better. No, you're you're leading right into it. So I very often will help my clients develop their mission and then their core values. Mm-hmm. So for me, the mission is what I call the North Star. Mm-hmm. As an operator, it's the thing you're going to turn to when you're making decisions. Is this? Are we going on the right path of the mission? Will this uphold the mission? Will this help us fulfill the mission? If the answer is yes, keep going. If it's not, and it makes you go, oh, I'm not so sure. You know, then it then you know to sort of make it a different decision for those those things that come up. Now, the core values to me are how you can make the mission actionable. So the core values is how we live out the mission, how we live out the culture of the business. So when I come to making um, core values or developing core values with a restaurateur, it's key that these are things that can be actionable. Now, if you say things like be wonderful, be amazing, you know, be incredible, Mm. like, well, it's really hard to say what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, like we could sort of say it's you have superpowers maybe, but who has superpowers, you know? (laughs) I mean, you know, really what are those things? But when you sort of break down what are the elements of being amazing, then it becomes a little more clear. And what I've discovered is that, you know, when you think about amazing acts, you think of things like having courage or um, sticking to your guns or um, having a clear vision or reaching out to people. Um, When you break it down that way, then that really becomes amazing because we think of heroes in real life and they're people that just, you know, stepped in and, and, you know, grabbed somebody before the train comes, you know, we say just, but any one of us could have done that. It's not really superhuman. It's, it's purely human. So when you think about the idea of really just embodying, um, you know, an idea like being good to people or, um, you know, connecting with people, whoa, well, if you connect to somebody, you know, like that, the story of the, the breakup, mm-hmm. um, that can really be an amazing result because it's so very simple. Yeah. So thinking about the idea of being decent to people, being huma- humane to people, um, being considerate of people, that's actually where things get pretty amazing. Yeah. So trying to be amazing is sort of, I don't know, I, I think it's very hard to make that actionable, but yeah. trying to be you know, uh, humane or decent towards people is much, much easier to do every single day. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, what really what I was thinking of when I was reading this is sometimes it's much more, uh, I don't know, effective to be precise than it is to try to be impactful. And in this industry, I think we're such ambitious people. We want to accomplish, you know, so much. We want to take on the world. And we have like these, the, the biggest and boldest words come into our head when we're trying to identify ourselves. And I put so right. much emphasis. Yeah. And we put so much emphasis on, you know, having that vision, that, that mission, your, your brand and developing your brand and your, your core values. And we've learned so much about how important that is, but sometimes it isn't necessarily important to go big and impactful with these big, you know, intimidating words to stand out. And sometimes right. it's, it's better just to be precise. Right, and that's what I got from that is be precise um, in the in what we're doing. It reminded me so much of Rudy Mick, uh, his book or not his book, but his his advice on just painting a picture of perfection. Right, and that's what you're doing uh, when you're precise and you use these these underwhelming words that are, you know, but they might not 
invoke like inspiration, but they're just so precise. And if you do right. those things every day, you will be amazing. Like you just said, and I think you right. said awesome stuff. Um, okay. I get, I get really excited. Can you tell Kate? I love <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, this is turning out to be an awesome uh, chat. Great conversation. I can't wait to talk more, but we got to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Have you ever found yourself just wishing you could have your own personal assistant? I mean, oh, to have your own assistant in the restaurant business, man, that'd be nice. Well, now it's possible with Upserve. Upserve is your assistant that helps you make small, easy changes that dramatically improve your bottom line. It does this by harnessing the power of data. Let's be honest, most restaurants don't use data well, but it's not their fault. There's two big reasons why. First, your data is disconnected, which limits its power. And second, even the data that you've got isn't fast and easy to use by 2016 standards. Well, Upserve can help you with that. To learn more, simply schedule a free demo by going to resources.org upserve.com slash restaurants unstoppable again that's resources.upserve.com slash restaurants unstoppable what are you waiting for get on it we're back and let's talk about uh some of the time and thought you put into the importance of the details and some of the things we can do to notice the details so how important are details in the industry Details are everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Details are everything. Those are the things that people notice. Those are the things that um, get stuck in their memory. Those are the things they take home with them and, and ruminate over. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's as simple as, you know, when we walked in the restaurant, they didn't say, good evening, welcome. They said, how many in your party? Are you all here? Are you dining alone? You know, it's a barrage of questions. And people, you know, we get used to that. But at the same time, it echoes because it doesn't have to be that way. So it's these little things. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the little things that add up to this whole experience. So, for instance, when I go to, let's say, a business calls me, they're having problems with their service, they'll invite me to come in to have a dinner, and I go in, quote-unquote, undercover. So they don't know that I'm anything but a regular guest. And while I'm there, I'm there to experience the service and the restaurant and the product, but I'm also there to see what else is happening. Mm -hmm. So I take notice of, you know, is the chair wobbly? Is the um, plant alive or dead? Is the speaker that's up above my head covered in dust because no one's actually gotten up there to clean it off? Um, you know, are there fingerprints on the door or on the windows? And all those things make me wonder, has anybody noticed? And a place that notices, there's nothing to see. They, they're cleaning off the dust. They're wiping the windows. The chairs are not wobbly. But a place that doesn't, it makes you have question marks around everything that you come in contact mm. with. So, you know, to me, when, when you think the small things don't count, well, they count because they're going again in this big basket that then people are starting to, you know, put together, well, can I trust you or, or are you not worth my trust? Mm -hmm. And people, people are looking to trust places where they spend money. And our job in this business is to provide a trustworthy experience for people. When they feel like they can trust in us, they'll relax and they feel like they can trust us. They're going to order maybe more, but they'll order hopefully more frequently. They'll come back more. And in, um, you know, creating experience that notices all the details, they're going to feel like, ah, they get it. And sometimes you don't even notice that all the details are being taken care of, but it just feels good. Yeah, your it's, it's your overall feeling is positive. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ah, oh, they get it, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. On the flip side, though, if they don't get it, you're like, the service is bad. Nobody knows what they're doing. What are they doing? Like, who, who's, who owns this place? Nobody knows, right? Yeah. It's one of those blanket statements that now gets laid over the whole business. The words that were just echoing over and over in my head when I was listening to you talk was actions speak louder than words. When you take yes. the time to do those little things, uh, to, to take the action to just show that you care, when you do those things, people will believe and trust that you care. Uh, right. but you have to do them. And um, I mean, you, you give some advice on some of the things we can do to help notice the details. So what are some of the things we can do to uh, make sure we're, we're picking up on these details? Well, in terms of the environment, I'm big on, um, in terms of training your staff and things, you can either have, let's say, a checklist for how things should be and what you should attend to. I'm also a big fan of um, something I used to call when I was a manager, the route. So the managers have a route that they follow when they enter the restaurant in the morning or leave at night, and it takes them on a pathway that, you know, in this area, I'm going to look for this. In this area, I need to look for this. In this area, when I go down the stairs, I need to make sure that, you know, X, Y, Z is happening. So I think those sort of things are helpful for getting people to open their eyes. I mean, one thing that I've learned in a number of places was the importance of light bulbs. Mm -hmm. I mean, in restaurants, sometimes you have hundreds and hundreds of light bulbs. And if one is out, it can really make an impact. Either somebody's, you know, now the table's a little dim or, you know, the bar doesn't seem so bright or if it's a prominent light bulb, it's like, oh, nobody, you, you missed that light bulb. So just even like having eyes open for, you know, things working properly or, or being, you know, uh, fully operational. Those are things you have to train your managers and your team in, in keeping an eye open for. And I do believe it's a group effort. I think every, we should train everybody to, to look around and, and put a hand up when something isn't quite right or when something needs repair. Yeah. And I love the emphasis you put in the book of uh, just literally putting yourself in the position of your guests, like sitting yes. in every seat that your guest sits in and being sympathetic, like literally sympathy means going through the experience that someone else goes through right. and, and observing from their perspective what's happening. And you don't really right. know unless you're in that, that in their seat, literally in right. their seat, every seat that they sit in. Right. <laughs> and I thought that was something that I've never considered before. And I think it's incredible advice. And I love how you briefly mentioned uh, the importance of bringing your team in on it. Uh, right. How important is it that we open the, the way for communication to take the recommendations of our, our staff when they are experiencing things or seeing things? They're the front lines. Mm -hmm. They experience everything. So whether it's a um, kitchen member who's dealing with that wonky, you know, walk-in where the, the door doesn't close the right way, or whether it's your um, waiter who's dealing with customers who keeps hearing the same complaint or comment about the operation, you have to listen to those folks. And I, I like to really encourage a dialogue so that people feel that they can offer, um, you know, their feedback. So they don't look like they're a complainer or they don't look like they're the only one because it, it does take a village to, you know, make a, a an operation thrive. Mm -hmm. And so we can't discount the experience that the people on the front lines are having. Sometimes as an owner or, a, you know, executive in the business, you are not there in the same way that maybe you, you were when the place opened. You know, you, you are, your, your view is very different. Um, you might come in for dinner or you might have your job, which brings you there for meetings um, you might be the chef now standing at the pass in a different position, but you're not experiencing it in the same way. So it's key that you hear hear from the people that are, the people that rely on your operation to work seamlessly. It's incredibly important. I love it. And um, 
let's talk about what about the channels of communication with your guests? How important is it to really open those channels of communication with your guests? What can they tell you about the service? Well, they're the ones who experience it with fresh eyes. You know, that, that first time guest comes in and their eyes are wide. They're looking around to see, ooh, what is going on in here? Especially if they've heard something, right? If they've mm-hmm. heard that it's positive or they read a review, they're coming in expecting, you know, to see things that are, are wonderful. Um, so the, what they experience is actually incredibly uh, impactful because, the, you know, the way they see it, again, with these fresh eyes can really help us understand what it's like to sit in, sit in that seat or, or walk through the space or um, try to find the restroom. Um, I was in a um, little French bistro uh, down in the West Village one day. It's been there for almost 20 years. It's great. And I went to the back, and of course, I worked in French restaurants for a long time, and so I went to use the bathroom, which is in French called the WC, the WC, which is the water closet. So there were two of them. They both said WC. I used one. When I came out, there was a man waiting there, and he looked sort of sheepish. And then he looked at me, and he goes, is that the woman's room? And I said, oh, no, no, you can use either one. But I realized in that moment that he had no idea if WC meant woman's room, and he didn't see an MC, so he was just going to wait until he could figure it out. But I really felt for him in that moment because it shouldn't be that difficult. And we get so used to in our restaurant of, oh, the WC, of course. Right. But yeah. not everybody knows that stuff. You've got to make it a little easier. You know, sometimes people get creative with their signage, like they'll put a cowboy on the men's room and a cowgirl on the women's room. OK, that's <laughs> cute. You know, but make sure it's really abundantly clear which is male, which is female, because we know what it is. We're in on it. But strangers are not. And people come from all different backgrounds. And sometimes they just won't know. And we don't want to make people feel stupid because that man definitely was sheepish. He definitely was sort of embarrassed to ask the lady coming out of the restroom. Can I go in there? Mm, All terrific advice. And there's one chapter before we wrap up that I want to give some attention to. And it's chapter nine. You talk about what brings regulars back. So let's let's dive into that. What does bring regulars back? Well, it depends on the regular. But generally, people want to go to a place where they can have some consistency. That's that's, I think, paramount. They want to know that when they go there, they're getting what they want in the same way each and every time. Um, for a lot of regulars, there's an idea of being recognized or being acknowledged for coming back and having their um, patronage be responded to, you know, like whether it's a second time or the fourth time or the 40th time, like, wow, you're back again. Um, that's a wonderful thing to acknowledge in people. Um, and then also to engage with them about their experience. You know, what do you see? What do you, what do you like? And they could just say, oh, everything's wonderful. You know, it's always great. Or they could say, you know what? This used to be so great, but I don't know, something, something's a little bit different, you know? Well, what's different about it? Well, I don't know. The, the milk used to be so foamy when I got my cappuccino, and now it's, eh, it's not so great. I don't know. You know, it's not a big deal. But still, follow up on, okay, well, why isn't the cappuccino as foamy? Let's see. Is it the machine? Is it the new guy who's making it? You know, what is it? Um, but really listen to what they have to say because, they're again, they're experiencing your product every single time they come in. So they're a wealth of knowledge. Absolutely. And they, I mean, they know, they know your product better than you do because you know, you know every little thing about it, you know, you know the ins and the outs. And they only should know the final presentation. So that's all they're going on. So they, they have a very unique and very valuable point of view. Yeah, and you also put some uh, significance or you pay attention to the power of loyalty programs. Speak to that a little bit. Well, again, you, you need your regulars more than anything. 
Um, you know, they say that 80% of your business comes from 20% of your customers. And it was actually proven in a study that in restaurants, I think it was, um, 65% of your business comes from 20% of your customers. So that's still a very, very healthy margin. So we want, we want to make sure they can come back. So there's things that we can do to entice them to return. So whether it's promise of a regular table and some sort of status that way, whether it's, um, having an actual program, where they check in and they use a card so they can accrue points or, you know, get a meal after 10 meals, things like that. Um, you know, there's, there's different ways you can do it. There's a program that's called Thanks, T-H-A-N-X, that is not an overt loyalty program because you don't, you're not required to use a card for your restaurant or for your business. Um, Thanks just connects your credit card as a consumer um, to the network of other thanks users. So it just tracks the spending. When you go out and you you swipe your card, it'll track your spending. And you know, because you're a member of, of thanks, that um, you've used your card and that it's tracking your spending at these various operations. But what thanks does too is it allows you as the operator to get in there and see who's spending and how much they're spending, which is really very cool because you can use that information. Um, you can track what you know what they're buying and what they're ceasing to buy. So that gives you information about it. And you said um, it's called thanks, like thank you? Yeah, T-H-A-N-X. I'll have to check that out. I'll have the links in the show notes too. But I mean, yeah. how what's happening in the psyche of a, of a person when you're, you are taking the time to acknowledge the things that are unique to that individual, like what their favorite drinks are or where they like to sit or what you know, happened, what was the outcome of a story they told you or something they were looking forward to, like a birthday party they were going to, how was a birthday party? Like what happens when you remember those little details and the psychology of that person? Well, you're creating a bond first Mm -hmm. and foremost. It really is truly a relationship. So we might say, you know, it's a regular, you know, we're not really friends, but in that moment, in that moment when they're there in your business and they're patronizing it and they're bringing their friends and loved ones to be there with them in your business, that's, it's more than just business. Mm-hmm. It's really a statement of, you know, we're choosing you and we want to be here right now. And yes, I want that waiter. And oh my gosh, there's that busboy. And oh yeah, there's the manager that always hooks me up. There's um, a deeper value to it because it really is a relationship. This is where we go. And it's also a source of pride for people because mm-hmm. they can show up and, and people know them and know them by name and remember, you know, that you like your water you know, on ice in a bucket on the side or some little detail that makes you stand out from the crowd. Mm -hmm. And you as a person is a wonderful thing to have acknowledged in in the day-to-day of your life, right? You're not just a customer. You're not just a number. You're a person. And that makes such a big difference. I also in the book make the point, and I I experienced this firsthand, that the regulars are also good for your staff. The regulars keep your staff there longer for the same reason, because they remember your staff's birthday. They they notice when your staff member isn't there, and then then they come back all bronzed from vacation. Oh, my gosh, where'd you go? I am so glad for you. That is awesome. (laughs) That's a really unique angle. I haven't considered it that way, but it's so true. Uh, It's a two-way street, and I think I remember seeing that title someplace in your book. Yeah, on page... 110, a two-way street. Is that kind of what you're talking about there? Yeah, exactly. And so when you as a server are dealing with strangers all day long and you're having, you know, some very positive moments and you're delivering a service that is memorable and wonderful and you feel good about 
to have now a customer that comes in and remembers you and remembers, you know, things about the, the last time you were together and remembers things about you as a person. It again, deepens the relationship and, you know, deepens the importance of um, the, the job that you're doing and the impact that you make. So it's, it's a very human experience to serve people and then um, be served by them the, repeatedly. Oh, yeah. And it can be in such small things. I mean, I've gone to Starbucks and, you know, I was online and two people in front of me, the woman knew both of their orders and just, you know, said, you know, double, double macchiato to one guy. And, you know, you want your iced coffee, large, whatever it was. Fenty, excuse me, um, you know, but they like strolled right then, went there, grabbed their stuff, you know, and I was like, dang, that's, that's very cool. You know, it's Starbucks and how many thousands of customers do they get at a Starbucks in New York city that, you know, she remembers their, their unique order. Yeah. It's very, very cool. Okay. There's so many nuggets in this book. And I mean, I, I'm just like finding myself like just almost stressed out that I, we can't cover it all just because <laughs> there's so many just great little tidbits. And I was trying to stay aerial uh, to, co- to cover the most, uh, you know, we could in this short time we had, but you really got to go check out this book again. It's called hello and every little thing that matters. And it's just the little things that you have experienced, you've you know learned in the 28 years you've been in this industry that go to, you know, creating that guest experience and the little things, to the big things to the importance of a smile. It's all right here in this book. Um, and, uh, I mean, if there's just one thing that you learned through writing this book, uh, through doing the research to put this book together, one thing that just stuck with you the most, Kate, that it was the most impactful for you, what is it? Great question. Well, I think that it, um, you know, there's a huge correlation um, between all these things that are, that you know, I, I talk about and, and dwell on in the book that really have psychological um, truth. So they've been, there's proven things that happen in our brain um, when we are in contact with people, when we have profound moments with people. Um, it's not just business. It really isn't. I mean, the, uh, the amount of, you know, adrenaline or dopamine that happens because we're in a nice environment is incredible. This is a full physiological and psychological reaction we're having to a moment in someone's business. And, you know, if people can really realize that that's happening, this is not just, oh, they're just popping in to grab a bag of charcoal. No, I mean, they're, they're going into, you know, ha- get something so they can have their friends to their house. They're excited. You know, they really have a meaning for this product. It's, it becomes a lot more impactful and meaningful. And I, I think it helps give meaning to what we do every day. You know, like some people think, um, you know, we're not brain surgeons, you know, we don't, you know, we don't do anything like that, you know, but heck, we make things better for people. We make an impact on them. We make them feel like things are are pretty good. You know, we nourish them in a mind and body and soul kind of way. And I, I, I take great pleasure in that and also great pride. What's one reason why somebody needs to go check out this book today? Well, we've talked most about the restaurant point of view, but it is um, really speaking to any customer facing business. So, you know, of course, being in the restaurant business, these are very relatable stories, but they can relate to um, anybody with a business that has customers, which is pretty much every business. Um, And some of the stories, of course, are non-restaurant stories. I interview a lot of people from various backgrounds to talk about their experiences with service as well. So, you know, I feel like it's um, it's a relatable book and it's a way to help you 
um, maximize the service that you're giving and also maybe give yourself a little credit for what you're already doing so well. Awesome. I love it. You've been a great guest, Kate. You really have been. We wrap up every episode by uh, having my guest call somebody out. Who's one indie restaurant owner that you admire and just be, you know, believe would be a great guest mentor on the show for us like you've been today? First one that comes to mind, Carlos Suarez from Casanella. Ooh. They own Bobo, Rosemary's, and... Claudette in the West Village. All right, Carlos, look out. I am coming after you. I'd love (laughs) to get you on the show. And Kate, let the listeners know how we can connect with you. Maybe they want to hire you as a coach. Maybe they just want to uh, have a discussion about something that you covered in your book. Like, What's the best way to connect? Well, it could be on Twitter at at service defined. Um, I am all about getting a, a email from friendly, interesting and interested people at uh, my website, kateedwardsconsulting.com. And um, yeah, throw up, throw up a flag however it occurs to you. Yeah, this is episode 223. I'll have all the links in the show notes to, to check out Kate's book and to head over to her, her consulting firm there. They'll have the links as well. And a uh, summary of everything we discussed in today's episode. And Kate, thank you so much for joining me today to, to just you know dive into the pleasure that can come from taking service seriously and the impact we can have uh, when we do realize, you know, what, what's at the core of what it is we do in hospitality. And uh, I had a blast talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Eric. Oh, it was my pleasure. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. Here we are, another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Kate Edwards was awesome. Thank you so much, Kate, for coming out and joining me and, uh, you know, just educating us and opening our eyes a little bit more about, you know, the, the, getting to the core of what hospitality and service is all about. And that's, that's what your book did for me. It did so much more to really just getting into the details of the little things every day that just go unnoticed that we we should be capitalizing on to really take that service to the next level. And that's what you'll get if you check out Kate's book one more time, Hello, and Every Little Thing That Matters. I'll have the links in the show notes to her book. She also mentioned a great app that she had uh, is really interested in that's uh, Thanks. I'll have the links to Thanks, a loyalty program. She talked about the power of those loyalty programs. That link will be in the show notes. Again, restaurantunstoppable.com slash 223. You'll find everything right there. The the links and a recap all right there. Made super easy for you. That's what I'm here to do. All right, time for the due diligence stuff. I got to remind you to please keep those reviews coming on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. They help so much. We have 62 reviews. That's awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Really, from the bottom of my heart, I do appreciate those reviews. And spread the word. Tell everyone and anyone you know about this resource. If you have anybody aspiring to be amazing well, you become amazing by listening to those who are successful, and that's what we're doing here at Restaurant Unstoppable. We're, we're spelling it out. We're, we're learning together. We're getting the advice from those proven successful. Uh, and then also shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. If you can think of a, a topic to have on the show or a potential guest mentor, let me know. Tell me. I'll get them on the show. I'll capture their story. I'll gather their advice. We can learn together. And uh, I think that's good enough for today. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep this one under 50 minutes. Oh, no, never mind. We're out 51 minutes. 
keep it under an hour. How's that sound? Sound good? All right, cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, peace out.